In the West Public Enemies, Chuck D. In the North. Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor, and this is What's Good. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope all is well, hope all is blessed. We have another interview for you to step to. This one is very impromptu in a lot of ways. Um, so, the backstory, which I kind of explained in the interview, but I'll do it more fully here. Last week, I went to uh, London for a day. Uh, with a couple of friends, shout out to Ryan, he's been on the show before, uh, Texas Taylor, TT, I call her, um, I've mentioned her in brief uh, times beforehand in the show, and we went to a couple of exhibitions, uh, one being uh, the Awful Froze Wall of Sound, which is in Southwark, um, just really, ex- I was really excited to meet <laughs> Rachel for the first time in person, I've seen her so many times that hip-hop shows uh, for iconic afro and i'm just like damn i need to i need to dip i also want to give her some gas uh but yeah i went there and uh, just had a really good conversation with her and then uh we also went to uh, the bca in brixton windrush square uh to peep the ascension years uh which was is still going until the 10th of september now um so if you want to go peep go peep um Went to the Ascension Years, uh, which is a exhibition hosted by the subject for this interview, uh, Mr. T. Max, um, photographer that's been around uh, for well, technically decades. Um, he came around in the nineties. Um, I've listed some of the artists. Uh, I, I list them in the pod, and I also list them in the description. So uh, his work precedes him, and um, he's been just out the game for the past you know two decades or so and he's back now he's doing he's still back doing photography and uh and now doing shows um highlighting his archive um especially his hip-hop archive and um i went there so you know really intimate space um and it was just really fascinating talking to him um about the photos and about photography um and i was just really I was just really fascinated and I just wanted to get to know his story and get to know him. Um, so after we had our conversation, I literally said, I got you have you on my pod and he was down. He was like, yeah, let's go for it. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's very quick turnaround. I wish every interview was like this where I could just hear someone up and it happens the next week. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a rare one, but it's the one I really appreciate and uh, really relish. Um, so yes, ladies and gentlemen, one of you, Mr. T Max, talk about his beginnings, photography, film photography, especially how fashion it was actually his uh, first, um, I guess, uh, first vibe into photography, and and just a, a good conversation about um, black art and uh, our place in it, uh, his place in it back in the nineties, and the place we are at now, how it's changed. And of course, again to his top five, uh, which is a very, a very hilarious co- uh, culmination at the end of the app. So yeah, really fascinating conversation, wide ranging, um, funny at times, and serious at times. It's a, it's a great interview. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you all too. Grab your snacks, grab your drinks, kick back, 
Ça va être grâce à Johnny Lévy. Mr. T. Max, what is good, sir? I am really good. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. Uh, you know, just just uh, as I was waiting on you, just uh, uploading photos from Nine Hill yesterday. So um, gonna dive into them at some point. Have a look, and uh, yeah, it's pretty solid. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's good and uh, good to have you on because uh, the backstory of this interview is basically that um, I went out. London a few days ago as this recording and uh, I wanted to hear up your exhibition and also the Awful Froze exhibition uh, up in uh, Southwark and also the uh, and also the Windrush exhibition also in the BCA um, but I didn't have t- we didn't have time for that because I accidentally went to the Bernie Grant Art Centre in Tottenham. <laughs> Instead of the BCA, because uh, because I've I've no idea. I was just uh, just my wires got crossed, I guess, in my brain. But here we are. I got to I got to I got to you, so it's all good. And uh, it's lovely to have you on. Um, so we usually begin uh, with the beginning. Um, so, Mister T Max, where were you born? Um, I was born in Hackney, um, in the seventies. Moved to. Kent when I was about three, four years old. Um, and yeah, basically been there pretty much ever since because my folks are there. So yeah. As you've always lived in Kent. Yeah, pretty much. I'm interested. Interested because, um, uh, my family moved to Essex where I'm at, um, now. So I've always found it interesting how, uh, families that are based in London just dip out and go to either something like Essex or Kent, which is probably more uh, feasible for most. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, what was your environment as you grew up? Um, leaf, a leafy suburb, um, you know, like trees and um, green spaces, um, a lot of white people, um, Basically just, you know, moving from Hackney where I had all my family, cousins, relatives to moving out to Kent was a bit of a culture shock. I do remember like my primary school, no, nursery school teacher telling me years and years and years later about how when I first started going to the school, I'd literally just cry all the time, which makes perfect sense. Like, oh well, it must have been pretty traumatic at that time, just being somewhere where everybody looked like you and all of a sudden it's like nobody looks like you so so yeah it would but you know on the whole it was it was pretty chill like you know usual racism that you usually get in the 70s but nothing outrageous funny enough um but yeah it was pretty chill pretty chill it's interesting i feel that on the uh i guess so from a does it uh, when, what, what age did you move to ken by the way just for yeah, three or four years old, literally. Right. Okay, interesting. All right. And you cried. <laughs> you can imagine wow. it, right? So you, you kind of, you go yeah, to no. school and, and yeah. you're there and she was like, you just used to cry like all the time. Right. So, interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I moved, Um, my family moved out when I was like, uh, I think like six months 
Um, so I don't feel like I, like I remember, they even told me, they, my mum my even told me like a, a memory that I don't, I can't visualize, but I can feel the, I can feel me and me enjoying it where like apparently as a baby, I used to just roll cans and that was it. Just pure entertainment. That was my pure entertainment. I don't remember visualizing that, but I remember just feeling of rolling cans and actually laughing about it. But um, my sister was 10 years old when we moved out. And I think I feel like if you asked her, she probably, you know, hated the fact that we moved when she was in her formative years. I don't feel nothing about it, but mm. um but there's a genuine jarring essence that I feel like she probably still harbors. Um not to psychoanalyze my sister on wax, but yeah, it's the, the whole dichotomy is interesting. Um the dynamics are interesting. Um so you described a little bit um of how you like it, how you were like as you grew up. But another question I do ask is how are you, uh, how, what were you like as a kid growing up? Um, quiet, pretty shy, really. Um, yeah, you know, I, uh, trying to fit in again, you know, predominantly, you know, white kind of, Low middle class, upper middle class area. Um, so yeah, I was pretty quiet um, for the most part. I wasn't really kind of like um, a geek, but then I wasn't one of like the, you know, the outcast types, but I was kind of somewhere in the middle there. Like there was a group of us that were like, you know, slightly like just left, just slightly left. So, you know, Kind of at that 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 age when I was like going to beginning to go to secondary school, it's like, you know, maintaining. It was good. I was maintaining. What kind of um, quote unquote geeky stuff are you talking about? Um, I don't know. Like it was just it was just a group. Yeah, like just we were a little bit, a little bit odd, slightly odd, just because of you know the things we were into. I was into comics and. Um, yeah, my best friend used to live up the road and we just used to hang out. There's literally like woods just, you know, not even a hundred meters down the road from us. So we used to just hang out in the woods and just, yeah, we just used to hang out basically, but you know, nothing too outrageous, but yeah. Yeah, no, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting having that, uh, just that space, uh, to just like, uh, just be yourself, I guess. And yeah. Uh, and also find stuff. Uh, what kind of comics are you into, or are still into? Are you still into comics? Nah, nah. No. I dropped out some time ago. Now, yeah, it, just got yeah. a little, it got a little bit like, okay, so there's an X Men comic. Great, I used to collect X Men. Um, right. And then all of a sudden, there's like five X Men comics. I'm just like, hey, no, okay, that's it for me. I'm done. But um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads so of the collection. No aspect. DC. Forget DC. It's all Marvel. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. <laughs> You have to state that it's important. You have to you have to pick a lane. It's very important. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you. I'm not. I wouldn't call myself as into comics, so to speak. Like I have a few. I have a few on my phone digitally. But I was even talking to my mate about this recently. I was just like, I wouldn't. It's not something I get. I would get into from a collection standpoint because I can imagine that. Just, I, I mean, I've got a half decent vinyl collection not that large like i got a, a a box over there but apart from that and a box under my bed but 
that's enough space, you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be DJ Shadow over here and have 6,000 out on like vinyl, but <laughs> just I have no space for that. Yeah. But I, I can imagine on, on the comics front, it's definitely very similar where like if you're just you're, you're just stacking those up. And oh, yeah, yeah, gonna... yeah. I mean, I've still got a nice collection. Like, there's still, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, there's still, like, a box of them somewhere. Didn't mm. get rid of any of them. Like, I was a proper collector. Yeah. You know, had the had the vinyl bags and everything. Like, yeah, I was serious for a minute. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, So, as you were growing up, um, and obviously this guest, too, this is going to obviously involve in the through line of inherently why we're talking um which is obviously photography um so when was the actually more creative question what was the first uh photo that really grabbed you i don't have one if no? Okay. no which is interesting now you come to mention it yeah no i mean i used to um I used to get all my kind of inspiration from women's magazines. So okay, it was Elle magazine, Marie Claire company. Um, and I used to get a lot of really good, like advice from women's magazines as well, which put me in really good stead with women later on down the line, but that's another story. But I used to get all my like inspiration from tear sheets. So if there was something that I really just really grabbed me, I'd like, I'd look at it and tear it out really carefully and just put it into like um, a sleeve and just keep it and use it as inspiration. I've still got them as well, funny enough. Like, and that was when I was ooh, yeah, maybe 13, 14, 15 years old. So yeah, that was a point of inspiration, but I can't think of an image to be yeah. fair. I can't think of an image. Fair enough. But so in terms of the magazine and the content of it, was it just more of like the fashion photography aspect or just like, uh, yeah. It tended to be, it tended to be kind of anything that grabbed my eye. So it might right. be, I mean, more often than not, it was the fashion stuff, but yes. there'd be once in a while, there'd be, you know, a random thing from maybe an ad, but just really well shot. Um, so yeah, anything from a from a photographic standpoint that stood out to me i just grab it so it didn't matter what it was but if it was something that really kind of made me stop as i'm thinking mm. through if it made me stop and i would look at it and i'm studying it i'm like yeah okay cool and i'll take it out mm. and i can imagine at that point it was simply just because it made you stop right and i imagine if you went through that particular catalogue that you've amassed that with the photography brain that you have now you could probably like you know break down actually why why the why it stopped you so. yeah yeah because that was kind of that was kind of the original thing like why am i stopping and i yeah. you know at the time it was again it was just a vibe thing but later on yeah. down the line like yeah i could figure out what it was about that shot that would you know that would um that would captivate me in the same yeah. way that, you know, I ask people the same thing when it comes to my work. Like, what do you like? What, why, what one do you like? Like, and then yeah, I'll yeah, try yeah. ask them yeah. why they like it, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, you asked, you asked uh, me and my crew that, and uh, it was, 
it, it had to just like look around again, just going like actually asking the question, which one do I actually like the best? <laughs> it was interesting trying to just like speedily try and like analyze each one, just going like, not like that, like that, like that. It's like, an it's interesting, funny. it's an interesting exercise. Like, yeah. And people generally tend to kind of do exactly what you did. So I'll, I'll literally wait. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead, obviously, but that's cool. I'll literally, cool. I will literally like watch people scan the room. Yes. Like, walk around the room. Yeah. And once they get to the end, just as they're about to, just as they're thinking about leaving, I'll go, Oh, sorry, excuse me. Can I just ask, which image is your favorite image? And now every, right. literally everyone, yep. they re scan the room maybe two or three times. And they're looking and looking and looking, and then they'll pick one or maybe two or a couple of people is like, yeah, I can't pick. So right, yeah, yeah. No, that, that, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's really interesting to think about, and I feel like it's probably uh, really good to have a. And obviously, we're well, skipping ahead, but we'll keep here for a moment. <laughs> um, even having obviously uh, an exhibition of that, which is very intimate, um, is kind of better in a lot of ways compared to I don't know something like um I went to uh Beyond the Streets at the Sachi Gallery. And uh that's obviously right. just yeah that's you know, greatness. Ton of ton of great shit in there and yeah. just like every room just packed with just such good knowledge um and just such history. Um but yeah it's <laughs> ask me what was my favorite piece in there shit like it's, it's it's gonna take me time, take me hella time, but um, you know, to have yeah. exactly, yeah. but um, to have obviously an intimate exhibition to paint the picture for everybody for, having, for those who haven't been in the BCA, um, you literally just you enter, you do a left, and there's about I don't know, uh, but like a, I forgot how many installations, uh, how many thirteen, thirteen. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, something pieces in there. Um, I remember T was sitting the, the sitting on the chairs on the right, just on the phone. I was just and yeah, me and my people just looking about, and yeah, you know, um, it's not something that you stay there for an hour for, um, unless you come through and we start ha- we start just chatting, and uh, I'm basically just uh, I guess uh, listing the genesis of, <laughs> of why this uh, uh, why this interview came through, um, but yeah, it's it's. Just from a from obviously your perspective, obviously um, making the exhibition, I feel like that was really just a great shout to do. Um, I wouldn't have thought of that if I did the exhibition. I'd just be like watching people go come and go, and just uh, you know, if they enjoy, it, they enjoy. It. If they don't, they don't. Um, but they came, and that's all the matters, right? But yeah. having that, but like you said, um, when we were talking, it's the conversations that you know provide so much more from it, and not just. Oh, I like that photo. Oh, wow. The, oh, wow. You took a picture of that artist. And that's kind of things I'm sure that people came out with, uh, which was fascinating. But getting back, um, <laughs> to yeah, the, yeah. I guess, uh, some of the genesis. Um, so when did, when between, uh, making the, uh, I guess, uh, the vibe collection, so to speak, uh, when did you yourself, uh, started, uh, get, start to get invested into photography? Um, well, my first foray was great word for my, thank you. My <laughs> first trip, funny enough, when I was, I think it was 11 years old. Um, okay. 
I went to Barbados for the first time. My mum's from Barbados. My dad's from Montserrat. In the hey, sweet. Big ups. And uh, you from Montserrat? What are you from? Uh, yeah, yeah, my, my nan and great aunt. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Not, big ups. Montserrat, for those who don't know, is a tiny pinprick of an island in the Caribbean. Yep. Uh, blinking, you'll miss it on the plane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Half of it covered in volcanic cash. It's mostly known for two things. Um, don't know if you know this, but there used to be a recording studio on Montserrat. Um, and um, I can't remember the guy's name now. He used to be the producer for the Beatles. I should know this guy's name. And now obviously it's disappeared from my head. But he used to be the producer for the Beatles. Mm. And he um, decided to basically when he kind of stopped doing stuff with the Beatles to open a studio, like a, a music studio, recording mm. studio out in Montserrat. Yeah. So one of my first memories of, of even knowing what Montserrat was about was seeing the group, the police. Um, yeah. Sting lives there, isn't it? I think, did he, I think I, I always thought it was the police's like recording studio when actually yeah. Yeah. it was the producer of right. a whole bunch of bands like, the Rolling Stones, the right. Beatles, um, like lo- so, so, so many bands and, wow. and, okay. and groups and singers would go out to the island and record music. Right. So that's one kind of course of fame. And then the other yeah. one obviously is the volcano, which is right. <laughs> why like pretty much nobody's on the island now. So yeah. So yeah, anyway. Um, Outstanding. So basically, um, long story less long, my mum loaned me the camera that she was given uh, by her dad when she first came to the UK, which is actually this He's camera. reaching back for, for those who watching. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Right. So for those who obviously, this yeah, describe, describe podcast, it. <laughs> um, I am showing the camera that my mum loaned me to go on the trip with. And it's very basic. Um, and yeah, that was the f- my first experience of taking photographs. So that's cool. really what got me into it. That's cool. Um, yeah, I remember, uh, I think I was given like a disposable camera, like, you know, just the ones you're given in the, like you give kids in the 90s and 2000s. Um, I went to, I think like the last time I took photos on that was like a, a school trip uh, to France. I took, uh, I think like, oh, or 06 or something probably 06 and uh yeah I, re- I remember looking back at the film for it uh, a few years ago yeah and i was just <laughs> it's, it's cool the fact that um i guess that was the that's a great first foray i'll say um to you know go to Barbados and do that um that's kind of um not to make you about me or anything but just to <laughs> but you know but you know, it's it's uh i, I was I started doing photography again over the past couple of years simply because I it was like a couple of weeks after my birthday and I looked, uh, my mum asked me to look through the albums uh, just to pick some out for potential framing. And I ended up spending like two hours just in the night, just looking through everything and realizing that we just stopped taking photos at a certain point. Yeah. And then it just became a personal thing for me of just like, Everywhere, well, not everywhere I go, but <clears throat> if I'm going to a show, if I could take my camera in there, that'd be great. Um, if I'm going out somewhere, if I'm going like on a day out with friends, 
I'll take you out and stuff like that. Um, but I guess off, off the back of that, to make it about myself, to bring it back to you, uh, when, after the initial foray, um, when did, I guess, the, or did there ever become a kind of like a personal reason for why you started pursuing it? Um, well, full disclosure, when I got to the point where I was doing my exams, final exams, um, the plan was to go to Art and Design College in Croydon. Um, but by the time I got my results back, um, I only got two pass grades. Um, one was in art, which I was really proud of, um, cause I got an A and then the other one was English. So I need to go back to sixth form in order to get the, the grades to get into design college. Um, and as it happened, one of the courses that were on the curriculum was photography and I never knew they had a, a photography curriculum. So, um, so that's where I first learned how to develop film, print, you know, use of a darkroom, loading film. Um, and that's where really it began, um, you know, in a darkroom, in a sixth form, you know, sixth form classroom. And then from there, once I left, my, my, my plans completely changed. Then it was a case of me wanting to go to learn more, find a job where I could start printing. So. I found a job that said that they wanted a black and white printer um, and never actually got to do any black and white printing. Um, I was delivering and picking up packages in central London um, based in a place in Covent Garden. And I think I saved up over the course of about four or five months and bought my first camera. And then I just go to shows. I just go to, live shows, open air events, carnival, and just take photographs. And it really just started from there because after a little while, the first, one of the first major events I went to was the party celebrating Kiss FM getting their first official license to be on air because before that they were a pirate station. So right. there was a party in Islington, Highbury Fields, um, huge event, um, loads and loads of acts there. Um, and one of them was LL Cool J, um, who I got a photograph of looking like a proper pretty boy. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. He's literally glowing into the camera. It's really weird. <laughs> anyway. Um, but those photographs prompted a friend of mine to ask me, cause once he saw them, he was like, Oh, these are really good. He's like, you should go to a magazine. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, they're really good. Go to a magazine. I was like, all right. So I just went down to my local news agents, went yeah. to magazines, um, found who I needed to speak to. Um, and then, yeah, like from there, um, I got my first photograph published in two magazines um, in October of 91. One was Hip Hop Connection. The other one was Touch Magazine. Touch Magazine would then, the editor of Touch Magazine would then ask me um, not long afterwards, would I want to come down to take photographs um, at an interview? And it really just started from there. And that was it. I was on my way. 
for those who don't know, uh, the kiss thing happened in, I think, like 1990 as a legal station when it became yeah. that. Um, yeah. so this is where our time frame wise, just to say. Um, but yeah, yeah just and, and that was a year yes. after. Yeah. <laughs> Just aged myself. Yes. Yeah, just just aged yourself. But it's a little all bit, good. A little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Don't do the math, guys. Don't do the math. Don't, no, don't, don't please. Don't need to do the math. <laughs> just prospect. <laughs> <laughs> late night, night tea. I think uh, yeah, first September apparently. Um, according to Wikipedia. Um, uh, that just no, fun fact for me. I just wanted to learn that because uh, I used to listen to Kiss back in the day. So, so. I think it's a good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, just knowing that it was a fire radio station. Now it's like. Just any other race station. Mainstream, mainstream station. Mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just any other mainstream station. Yeah. Big up Bow Media, of course. Um, the conglomerate. Um, so yeah. Uh, so within a year, literally, within a year, you just like started just uh, just like taking photos uh, during interviews. Um, and that's that's an outstanding thing about um going back a little bit. Uh, what was that? What was that first camera that you got? If you it remember? was for for nobody because nobody wants to know about this apart from you it's a pentax sfx <laughs> so i bought it secondhand um i found it in the loot newspaper wow before there was ebay i'd completely forgotten about this before <laughs> there was ebay there was a, a newspaper that used to come out called loot loot so if you wanted to find anything secondhand you'd have to go to a news agent buy a copy of loot and it would have like Things that were on sale, for sale, things that that people wanted as well. Okay. Um, and then you'd call that person, and you'd be like, "Oh, you have this and this for sale," and they'd be like, "Yes, I do." And then you'd kind of figure it out from there. So yeah, right. it was a Pentax SFX. Outstanding. I was just learned about Loot Magazine. That's great. <laughs> Love that. Love that. It's about L O O T, I assume. Yes. Loot yes. Magazine. Before yeah. eBay. Yeah. That's... Amazon. Yes. <laughs> Yes, paper based. Paper based. Yes. That's there. That's I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, was that first? Uh, was that first interview uh, uh, gig or job or whatever you want to call it? Uh, was that anything of note? Or it was for a group called the Fushnikins. Okay, really. Yeah. So uh-huh. ring the alarm, the Fushnikins. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Was, I was really excited because obviously I'd heard them on the radio and. Mm. So I was a fan. Um, the photograph sucked, but it was great <laughs> doing it. Um, and I got assigned 12 inch as well. So that was amazing. Um, but yeah, that was my first ever, um, like portrait, um, or portrait of, 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 art, of, of art, an artist or artists. Um, yeah. And the photograph sucked. It's terrible. It's horrible. I'm glad you said that because um, a question I usually ask uh, artists if they can remember is what were your first bars like um, if they write obviously or what were your first beat you like yeah. and I, I love that you just immediately just went ahead and just answered the potential question just going like sucked trash you got a side 12 inch out of it so i know and that was what i was most happy about i mean apart from the fact of being asked in the first place um but it was you know i always say to people like you know people will give you like the end product but they'll never show you the process they get to to get to the end product you have to you have to fail in order to get good at anything you have to fail and you have to keep failing consistently because you're going to want a, a, a 
you're going to have something in your mind that you want to get. And in order to get to that point, you have to learn how to get there. Failure. Everything is about failure, but you just have to be really resilient. And it's tough. It's tough because you want everything to be right all at once, all at the same time. But that's not how the process works. So it's something that I always say to people whenever they, you know, whenever they look at my work, I'm like, no, listen, I've got a ton of photographs that were terrible. I've still, everybody always takes stuff that's terrible, you know, that everybody like, you know, whatever their creative process is, there's always something about it they don't like. So, so yeah, it's a process. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel I, I, I was planning to, you know, kind of get to this, uh, I guess, uh, conversation. I don't class it as a debate. It's a matter of taste, but, um, but, you know, using film instead of like digital these days and we were kind of you know talking about this uh previously uh where you know all of your work is on film and uh i'd like after this potentially to tell a story about uh just uh you know just using film and the trials of it because you know obviously as you can imagine guys film camera you got a certain amount of shots and that's what you're getting and obviously you know even from the nine hill carnival stuff i just did you know i don't know how many photos i took but you know most of them might be boo-boo or whatever but you know there there's still plenty of i'm sure plenty of gems in there and that's just a matter of because i can (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I can ha- potentially take 900 photos if I want to. Um, but obviously for film, it's a much different story and it requires that. Um, I think, uh, you know, a word that I came out of it when talking to you previously was a matter of patience and, you know, and, uh, having, having, being aware of the amount of shots you take. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like having a, a revolver. Instead of a machine gun, you know what I mean? Like a machine gun, you could just spray it. A revolver, you yeah. got six, you got six shots. <laughs> See, you better, you better, aim, be that, you better aim that, that shit. Aim that shit. You best be precise with that. Some sharp shooting type business. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, like I said to you when I met you, it's a very different, um, shooting film is a very different animal. Like, because you, because you only have, if you've got a 35 mil camera, you've only got 36 um, shots on a roll. Um, there were ones you could get to 24, but who wants to get 24 shots in a roll? That's ridiculous. Um, and if you're using a medium format camera, that can go down to 10, 12. So you have to know that when you put your, your eye to that viewfinder, um, that what you've got in your frame is exactly what you want. So, You know, for me, I don't want extraneous things in my frame. I don't want, you know, if I can avoid it, I don't want like light poles and random twigs and leaves and, you know, somebody's left foot that, you know, is walking out of frame. I don't want any of that stuff in my frame because otherwise it ruins it, which means that I have to be um, precise I have to be able to look in my viewfinder and know exactly what it is that I'm, I'm framing and looking at because I can't remove anything. There's no Photoshop. So whatever's in that image is staying permanently in that image. And that's how I had to shoot. So it makes you a lot more um, discerning about how you're framing your work, 
how your composite how your composition is working or not working um and again it's it's a process where you're you know refining and always looking at how you can make the next shoot better but for me because i'm doing it on the behest of a magazine even more pressure because i want to get hired again so i have to get this right because otherwise i'm not getting hired um so you know again it just makes it a lot more there's just a lot more urgency about it but it's patient urgency so yeah it's it's a very different dynamic whereas now yeah you can take as many shots as you want you know depending on how big your sd card is and then more importantly you get to change everything in post isn't that cute oh my god so you didn't get exposure right no problem no problem i could just you know just <laughs> move around a couple of slides sliders I just, oh my God, look, it's all there now. Yeah, no, I can yeah. do that. So everything yeah. is precise. Everything is as as it was when I shot it. So yeah, it's a, it's a very, very different um, mindset you have to kind of go in with. So yeah. Certainly. Um, before we dip into, I guess, uh, you know, more of the uh, more of the work you participated in during the 90s, uh, what was your... I guess, uh, first encounter with hip hop. That would be radio. Yep. Um, radio was my first encounter. So I'm literally on the border zone six, um, of like, you know, like the train zone. Um, so I was fortunate enough or I am fortunate enough where my parents live. They're just kind of in the middle of a hill. Cause I'm pretty sure if it was at the bottom of the hill, um, and I say hill, it's more like a slant, but anyway. Um, that I wasn't that's, that's the UK in a nutshell. Up, yeah. Just a series I of hills. I pick up, like, you know, the radio stations that I did, because at the time it was Capital Radio. Um, Mike Allen was the DJ of choice. He was the first DJ in the UK to play hip-hop. Okay. Um, he used to have um, a radio show and the top 10, and he'd be playing, um, like, early, like, 80s, um, and that's really how I got into it. Um, and then, you know, Rappers Delight was on the rate, was, was on TV, and Dougie Fresh and the Get a Fresh Crew. Um, I think they went number one when they first came out, and it was a revelation. So that was my first, my first, first kind of experience of hip hop, the radio. And I feel like off, you know, off the back of that, um, it's, it must have been a, a type of, I guess, serendipity, right? That uh, at the time you just started just, you know, just take a photos, going to shows like you're talking about, right? And then straight off when hip hop kind of has its, uh, I would say like, you know, second blow up, um, you know, obviously like the late eighties being like the first one and then the precipice of the mid nineties just about to come in there. That you're just right right there, right for the right for the next boom of artists coming through and, you know, future legends that we hail now. Um I guess <laughs> there's no there's no question to that. 
is a sign I gleaned from that because it must it must have been just incredibly I don't know exhilarating I guess to to be in to have an opportunity to just be in that space. I mean, listen, I wasn't ever going to be one of those people that was down with one of the four elements. I didn't have enough money and couldn't DJ. I wasn't um, verbosious enough to be somebody on a mic rapping. Yeah. I loved art, but I wasn't really into graffiti. Okay. Um, and I wasn't trying to get my neck broke doing <laughs> rape dancing. So for me, photography okay. was my in. Right, and, yeah. Um, you know, it was something that um, when I go to shows and I'm seeing artists perform or I'm at carnival and I'm seeing people on stage or whatever, like it felt like that was my, you know, that was my entry into, into the culture. The camera was my in yeah. and it really kind of opened up. I mean, so many, so many like, you know, possibilities and, and, you know, relationships with people. And yeah, I mean, I cannot, 50 years this year, I cannot thank hip hop enough for the things that it's given me personally. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, just to fan that flame in terms of photography's role in hip hop, I feel like it's, you know, just, I don't feel probably talked about enough, right? Um, the amount of, you know, obviously the world just kind of just is getting more visual in every single way, you know, as the internet grows, uh, as we go in the internet age. And, you know, looking at these archives such as yours, um, I have, you know, books by Martha Cooper. I have um, uh, Ernie Panicioli as well. Um, some uh, Vicky Toback as well. Like, these, fo- these photos in these books are just like, <laughs> it's literally just hip hop history, right? Um, they are photos that people see all the time when, even if they go on like a Spotify or whatever and they see like a, you know, salt and pepper wearing the, you know, the red and the gold and the black, uh, get up. That's in the book. <laughs> it's right there. And I, was, and I saw the contact sheet for it and I was like, fuck wild <laughs> just seeing just seeing the rest of them right is so interesting to me and i feel like um you know you you, you mentioned obviously the four elements and um you know I, I uh the podcast network here is the fifth element podcast network and in um you know five percent of circles and all, this, all those circles you know knowledge is the fifth and that's kind of how i've personally tried to operate um, in this kind of like personal quest that I have where, you know, I, I might do, I might do some writing here and there, but I do podcasts as well. And obviously just keep listening to hip hop and keep reading about it. And, and now more about photography these days as well, trying to add that into the repertoire and into the knowledge base for myself. Um, I feel like it's, you know, genuinely important to, you know, recognize people like yourself and uh actually i wanted to dip into that briefly um to get off this tangent i'm on um you know the the photographers i mentioned obviously all american based no oh, oh yes right? yes yes yeah. you're right right you're, yes. <laughs> okay my bad my bad lot there. but um obviously you're uk based um 
how was that? I guess uh, I'm not. I don't know if you. I don't know if you like. Um, you know, knew had had any considered to have any peers, uh, US space or whatever. Um, but how was that? I guess um, being a hip hop photographer in the UK, and uh, if you can compare it to the US, if if at all. But um, just your experience towards it. I think. Um, I mean, first of all, again, just to stress, there's no internet. So everything yeah. is about yeah, yeah. You know, what you read, what you pick up, what you can see. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to be part of the culture. You can't, you can't kind of sit on the sidelines. If I wanted to really be immersed in the culture, I had to go where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, I didn't know um, who take, had taken any of the photographs. The reason why I got mixed up when you said about the people that you'd mentioned all being from the States, you mentioned the photographs of salt and pepper photographs of salt and pepper were taken by a UK photographer who was originally based out here, but then moved to the States and she took those photographs of salt and pepper. Right. Okay. That's why I've got mixed up. And I know. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks for the terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm really bad with names. Um, but, um, sorry, what was the question? I've got, I've gone off a tangent. Um, just, uh, I guess your experience as a, here off top yes, in UK, yes. UK. so my peers there was a guy called richard rez that used to work for echoes um i kind of got to know him just because once i started getting published in touch magazine the first one of the first magazines i got to, um published for i'd see more names I'd, I'd start referencing names and then the other one was normski um who was a legend like but not for photography but for him being a personality on TV, um, BBC Two's Dance Energy. That's how I knew him. And then I, and it turned out, oh, wow, and he's a photographer? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so the space was one where you kind of discovered stuff as you were kind of, you know, moving through it. Um, and then, you know, you'd meet photographers, um, or I'd meet photographers at the magazine, yeah. um, you know, or at gigs. And that's how I started to kind of really you know, get to know who was who in passing. Um, Cause again, it's, you know, you're very much immersed in your own practice. So, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Like there weren't that many photographers, um, you know, now everybody's got a camera and I'm not talking about like camera phones, although, you know, again, camera phones are just pervasive now, but I'm talking about cameras, people or everybody has a camera now, everybody's a photographer, but back in the day, there weren't very many people walking around with cameras. So whenever anybody would see you, it was, you know, you were, you know, you must be somebody of, of note because only people of note were taking photographs. So it was an interesting time as well in that respect. But um, yeah, so it was just, you know, I was kind of experiencing it and get to know people as I was doing it. So, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It must, uh, in hindsight, it must feel kind of, must feel kind of cool to have that kind of uh exclusivity might be the wrong word but to be that person right and to be known as that person that oh yeah that's that's the dude that takes you know that takes photos and you know if you if you want somebody who takes photos you know that's the person for it um and you know <laughs> as like you said everyone not just has a camera on their phone but you know some people a lot of people, you know, obviously there's been a bit of a film, film, uh, film boom, and that's kind of come, made a comeback. 
Um, and I mean, I mean, I can add myself into that, you know, just the fact that I bought a camera for a couple of years ago after just going after like 10 years of just not doing it. I'm just like, nah, I want to do it again. And I just went ahead and did it. So yeah, I'm definitely in that, I'm definitely in that camp you're talking about. Um, and even when I went to, you know, Notting Hill, I was just like, I ran into a dude and he was just like, we just saw each other's cameras. It's just like, what you got? Oh, what you got? And it's just talking back. We just both had like a Fujifilm camera. We're just talking about our it's cameras. It's the geekiest thing ever. <laughs> it's the geekiest thing. But it's kind of cool still. Like, I listen, it's I get so... like, it's so freaking geeky. But <laughs> I mean, you know. I, for me, I'm 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 a celebrator of of anybody taking photographs on any device because it's important. Like, yeah, having a, a frame of reference for your for your everyday is important. Um, yeah. We can get into you know the microcosm of what you're taking photographs of and why, but ultimately, mm. at least you're taking photographs. So for me, it doesn't matter what you're taking photographs of them of the of. Just take them, take them. Um, so, you know, yeah, I don't want people to feel like I'm, I'm, I might be saying something where I'm being elitist or something. No, 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 no. doesn't matter what you take photographs with. That was something that I learned um, a little while back, um, you know, in my journey. It doesn't matter what you take them on. It's all about your eye. It's all about what you see and how that transfers into an image. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I feel like it's probably redundant to, um, you know, just uh list off uh the amount of you know just i mean even notable names right and that's probably you know just a smidgen of uh who you've covered uh over over the time of your career i mean if, um, you, if you press me i can tell you i don't mind if you oh, want to know I, I, in <laughs> passing I mean, um who did i shoot let me think uh, yeah. uh, uh well there's, I'm not, I'm so ask, there's, I'm asking you who did you shoot and just give you a list that's you know but uh i was trying to just uh i can't I kind of just word myself into saying a more interesting question okay, uh, but <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm 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 putting the effort in um, okay good, good good i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad thank you that's really yeah. good of you you're yeah. welcome you're welcome you're welcome um he says it with a completely straight face that's great um <laughs> Oh man, oh so dry, so dry. Uh, <laughs> it's great, I love it. But um, yeah, so uh, for those that are unaware, you know the likes of Beyonce, Mary J, Outkast, Buster Rhymes, Nas, Biggie, uh, and plenty more. Right there, we go. We did that. Um, but I guess what what was the uh, most notable moment? Uh, or notable notable uh, uh, job you had uh, that either was just of how bad it went or of how good it went or just the person that you were that you that was in front of you I mean that's a tough question to ask because there was a few more than a few um <laughs> Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, I guess one of the ones that almost went really south, okay, was when Mary J. Blige came back to the UK uh, for the second time to do shows in '94, um, and she had a horrible reputation when she first kind of came out here. She upset a lot of people because okay. she was acting like the big American superstar. Oh, really? 
um, and people booed her on stage. It's funny, actually, because somebody came to the exhibition um, over the weekend and relayed his experience because I didn't get to go. I was supposed to go to the second show, but I didn't because, yeah, she came on. She kind of gave a really kind of lackluster performance. People oh. booed her and then wow. she came on stage and she never came back. Oh, and wow. people went nuts. So the second time she came over, um, my editor, I walked into the the offices of Echoes magazine and my editor was like, hey, T, great news. So Mary J. Blige is in the country. She's doing interviews yeah. and they've run out of press shots. So we've been told that you can take photographs. And I looked at my editor, Chris Wells, who was the editor at the time, and I said to him, listen, not being funny, but anyhow, that woman gives me any trouble. I'm not responsible for anything I say. I'm just telling you now. So he said, you know what? Fair enough. So I went down to the hotel, um, which was on Park Lane. And um, long story less long, I everything was running behind. Um, and the interview was shorter than it was supposed to have been. And they were like, right, okay, you can start shooting now. Um, and I'm starting to shoot. They're telling me, right, you've got 15 minutes. So I get off one roll of color film, 36 frames. And then I start with the second roll. I am nine frames into my second roll. And a big voice in the background says, right, that's it. I'm like, dude, you told me I had 15 minutes. He's like, yeah, sorry, dear. listen, she's got an interview to do. I'm really sorry. And um, so I went back to college because I was at college at the time studying photography, ironic, because I'm already working. And my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, T, I can process that for you because she was, you know, she was learning how to do color processing. I'm like, great. means I don't have to pay for it. Mm. Uh, an hour later, she comes back to me and says, oh, so T, that role that you you gave me i'm like yeah the really important role that i've got to go back to with my editor mm. otherwise i'm going to get fired yes yeah mm. he said um yeah somebody opened the darkroom door and exposed the entire role mm. so yeah so that was one role gone so all i had left was nine frames on a roll of black and white and luckily for me, I have the one frame that everybody loves. In fact, yeah. the record company loved it so much, they suggested to Face Magazine um, that they use it for one of their pieces. So, yeah, it's one of my favourite pieces. Yeah, it's an outstanding piece for those who haven't seen it. Um, I'll throw a link to your work, obviously, in the description as well. But um, uh, that's that's sweaty <laughs> yeah trust me i was i was properly sweating bullets i was that's... like this guy is going to kill me after i was made all this fuss about what she's going to be like if i walk it if i walk in there and tell him i haven't got anything that would have been the worst the worst so yeah and that's interesting i do i wasn't actually aware of like a i don't know it feels like a collective beef <laughs> like a, lo a localized beef uh, between the entirety of just UK, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, what a collective we want to call it, but uh, having a collective beef over Mary J is kind of interesting. I didn't actually, I wasn't actually aware of that. Um, well, I mean, I think, I think you can get carried away when you're kind of 
you know, when you're told that it's all about you and, you know, people sure. come to see you, it's an ego. Yeah, sure. thing, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, you know, she, she definitely second time round, she was a complete yeah. sweetheart. She was amazing on that shoot and she okay. was amazing at that show as well. She was incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. As you just say, like, I, I'm not responsible for what I'm going to say. <laughs> you just expect it to be. <laughs> I, I did. I really did. Because that was, that was her reputation at the time. Right. That's, fa- oh, that's fascinating. Because, yeah, just, um, yeah, because I remember doing a retrospective on her and just, like, listening to all her albums over, like, a week. And I'm just like, how can anybody hate this woman? <laughs> it's just, like, she's bleeding onto these tracks. I'm just like, how can you hate this woman? But, like, yeah, it's, it's, that's interesting. It all just, I guess, uh, I don't know, a footnote in the history. Um, so that's fascinating. But on the front of, uh, you know, you're on the exhibition itself, yeah. um, the Ascension years, um, an important part of it is, I guess, the, obviously the genesis of it being the fact that, uh, you were out of the game 20 years. Um, so the simple question is, what happened? <laughs> why, um, why'd, you, why'd you dip? Because I feel like you know, obviously, in in you know, in the in the timeline we've kind of built here a little bit, you're you know, you're taking pictures of you know what we consider legends now, um, you know, and obviously like you know, just stars at that point, right? And yeah, and 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 you're doing this while still in college, by the way. That's crazy. Um, you know, just. Uh, top of the game in some ways of of, of uh hip-hop photography in the uk and sitting in school so yeah it's just uh yes yeah, a blunt question but yeah why why what happened why'd you stop um i mean basically after 10 years of having a camera on my back every single day i got a bit bored i got a bit disillusioned because the atmosphere then was not like it is now so as a black photographer we were not celebrated we were not encouraged um our work wasn't um looked upon um in the same way as white photographers so there was nowhere to go literally so i wanted to do more um diverse types of work i wanted to work for other magazines so i made the attempt i shot for um modeling agencies models one um couple of other smaller agencies and was doing pretty well at that actually it was that was a lot of fun um you know it's a it's a it's a different kind of aesthetic that you need to get when it comes to fashion photography and you know doing those kind of shoots but it's the same kind of same basic animal um but yeah i'm going to other magazines and it just wasn't happening like i went to one and the editor there was like hmm well, you know, yeah, you've got a lot of photographs of black artists, but maybe what you want to do is go and take more photographs of like, you know, more established white artists and come back. That was not the kind of conversation that white photographers were having. There were some, you know, there were white photographers um, at that time around the late late nineties that were coming up um, and seemed to be taking, you know, predominantly photographs of black artists because that was the culture, like, you know, um, and they were being celebrated and you know as black photographers we weren't so i just decided you know what after getting like knocked back after knocked back i was like i'm just going to take a break let me take a break let me figure it out i didn't know what i was going to do at the time um 
And technically speaking, I came off my break last year because I decided to get back into quote unquote commercial photography again last year after my first solo show that I had um, in Hoxton Cabin last year, thanks to Fusion, my boy Fusion, shout outs to BMT and BWT. Um, so yeah, I made the decision to get back into commercial photography last year. So yeah, a little over 20 years because I stopped around 99, 2000. Um, and then I did pick up a camera um, from around what, 90, 2001. I did pick up a camera again for about six, seven years. So literally from having a camera on my back every single day for 10 years, I didn't touch a camera. I literally didn't look at a camera for about six, seven years. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, when I tell people that they just look at me horrified, um, horrified or in awe, like they just, they just don't understand. They're like, wait, but you were doing this and you were doing that. And you were, I'm like, yeah, but just kind of fell out of love with it. And that was because of the environment that we we're in now. Black photographers are celebrated. Now, black photographers are getting the cover of Vogue magazine. And they're doing campaigns for, like, major sports brands and fashion brands. That was not a thing back in the day. As a black photographer, you were not getting those jobs. That was never happening. I cannot, I cannot stress enough how not that was happening. So it was a different environment. So you just have to kind of figure it out. Um, so, yeah, I just ducked out. Um, I had a couple other things that happened as a result of it. Um, I got my own TV show on MTV base for a year with my boy fusion called the hip hop review. That was random. Um, but that was cool. Um, and then after that I did some artist management. Um, me and fusion had a multimedia consultancy. Um, and we did, consultancy on different projects, including a couple of docs for the BBC, um, a photographer's exhibition by a really good photographer called Jenny Baptiste. She had her first exhibition at the Levi's store in uh, Regent Street back in the day. So, you know, there were other things that I kind of got into, but then even after a while, after a little while in doing that, I just decided to just duck out of media or entire, entirely because it's just it just wasn't geared to really doing the kind of work and kind of promoting the kind of work that I was, I wanted to do. It was, it was all about the look. It was never about producing quality um, product, whether that was, you know, TV or, you know, um, parties, or it was just, it was always about, you know, doing stuff that just looked great, but didn't really have any, any positive, any kind of positive outcomes at the end of it. So, so yeah, I just ducked out of media completely. So, so yeah. Um, and then it was what, 2007 that I met, um, a, a, a woman who was a, or is a photographer retoucher and we started talking photography and that's what got me back into it. Um, and again, long story less long, I, tried to get back into it. It wasn't really happening because now it was all digital. Um, but how I finally kind of got back was that 
my girlfriend was a proper nomad, so she liked to travel. So we'd go to different places, um, the Netherlands and Germany, um, the States, Panama. And that's kind of how I got my mojo back by just doing, taking photographs while I was on holiday. So now my camera generally tends to leave the house when I'm going to get on a plane to go somewhere. That's generally what happens. But, um, but yeah, I just, like I said, I just got bored. I just got bored of, you know, knockbacks and not being able to kind of really challenge myself and, and get better. There was no real mentorship um, and there was no access. So as with most of the black photographers, most of my peers, we just disappeared, just disappeared. There's a whole generation of photographers at that time, amazing photographers um, whose work I'm now currently trying to get them to, to get seen. Some are um, known, Joni Baptiste, um, Eddie O'Cheer, um, but there's a, there's a bunch of other people that, that aren't known who've got extensive archives that need to be seen. So that's the next, the next goal. Yeah, certainly. Um, I feel that's the, probably just the, the most jarring thing about that is the fact that, you know, at that point, your portfolio is pretty solid, right? <laughs> Uh, it, there's no, there's no reason for you to have to be given pushback. Like the work should speak for itself, and you know that that little bit you mentioned about, um, you know, maybe looking into uh, uh photographing white artists is just absurd. Um, I I get it, I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 always i feel like it's something that you know still probably permeates in some fashion um maybe it's morphed somehow but it's still there you know just that um just that uh blunt attitudes uh towards any creative of color um and well, you know, I mean, the, 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 the political the political background has now shifted. Everything yes. has kind of shifted now. Yeah. So everything is now about, um, you know, celebrating black culture because everything is black culture. <laughs> yeah. You can't get away from it now. So, yeah. the, so the, yeah. the whole thing is is that you know, with with everything that's been happening over the past what ten ten years, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and definitely more recently when it comes to the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, yep. um, everything is now about making sure that representation is key to what people are doing. So, you know, now it's not so much of an issue, but the issue has now shifted because now the issue is around how that um, that kind of call for inclusivity is being shifted from, you know, it being... Um, you know, a political movement to further, um, you know, the ambitions and achievements of people of colour, black people specifically, into the the commodification of black culture and black people. Um, And it's those kind of conversations as well that I'm trying to engage in with with young creatives and, again, definitely with young black photographers. And just the understanding of what it is that you're doing, your practice, what that means in terms of your goals or potential goals, how you're looking at your work, what's, what is important 
in that regard um, and the scales of what success is. Um, you know, we still live in a, in a, in a world where everything um, is given to you via the notion of a list, you know, what it is to be successful um, and success can be a lot of different things. So the conversations for me are around, you know, that when it comes to mentorship um, and just talking to, again, creatives, but photographers in general about what that means for them or what it can mean. Um, and just kind of giving them that understanding. Cause I just, I didn't have it when I was coming up. So, mm. so yeah. Yeah. And you know, off the back of that is that commercial viability is that, you know, kind of opportunity in some ways, but it's kind of just an ultimatum. It's like, we're going to do this without you. Cause you know, we can do this without you, but we're asking you to participate. Oh, into, no, no, no. Let's into... be clear. No, no. Sorry. Not to cut you. Go for it. No, Go for it. They can't. Because they know now that they can't. Because it looks bad. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The look is everything. The look is everything. Yeah. So sure. I'm not going to get into the microcosm of what I see when it comes to how um, certain quote unquote tastemakers when it comes to media are are for want of a better way of putting it, or maybe not, manipulating the way in which um, black creatives are are being um, used to give them cachet. Right. right? Yeah. And then how that is being trans translated into, um, from a social media standpoint and from a business standpoint, into more cachet, you know, more, um, having more of the ability to be able to, you know, monetize those things. Yep. And again, if people, if black people and black photographers specifically don't understand that, they will walk into these situations, believing they're getting the most out of it when actually, again, as tends to be the case, they're getting the least out of it. Yeah. So again, it's just understanding that, 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 you know, that dynamism, that, that, that connection. Cause again, feel free to do jobs for free. Cause I know when I started out, I was doing jobs for free. But just understand what that actually means. And then understand that at a certain point, you have to start asking yourself, is free good enough? Is free going to get me really what I, where I want to go in terms of my practice, like as a creative? So, you know, and again, some people do stuff for, you know, a buck fifty. Other people will say, actually, no, I don't want to do that. But as long as they understand that there is that, you know, that scale, that dichotomy that can, you can choose then I've, I feel like I've done my job because I don't want to police anybody. I want to tell people they shouldn't be doing certain things, but they do need to understand lay of the land. Because right now, as is as was the case back then, and it's funny because social media means that there's a lot more information, right? But the information, again, is very specific. The information is about what it, what, what it looks like to be successful, not what it means to mm. actually be successful. And mm. what does success mean? to an individual not mm. to society as a whole because that's still that's still myth-based so again very important conversations that need to be had Yeah, I feel like uh, I should probably dip out of this hole before we get deep into it. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's spitting bars right now. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, uh, how's the how have you uh, how have you rate the response um, towards the Ascension years as an exhibition? Um, Just to say, it's not finished yet. By the way, this is dropping on Thursday, so it's not completely finished, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but yeah, um, I'll give those um, for those who, who are able to. Um, we've been extended, so it's supposed to finish. Oh, congratulations! Like yeah, it's supposed to finish on the third of September, but we've been yeah. extended till the tenth of September now. So that's great, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been um, amazing, for of a much better way of putting it. Um, the work is resonating in a way that you know I could never have imagined when I first shot the the images, because that's you know the notion of me at any point when I was shooting, having work on a wall would have just been the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, why would anybody want to come and see my images on a wall? That doesn't make any sense. Um, so to have people come into a space, whether specifically to see them or by, you know, just by happy coincidence, because they just happen to be walking by or they're visiting the BCA um, and then have, you know, the, the dialogue and responses I've been getting has been, yeah I, it, yeah I mean speechless to be honest like it's been it's been amazing it's been amazing but I think just because literally just because of the conversations like you know people remembering the first time they heard you know Biggie or the fact that you know them understanding when they felt like Nas was the most important person to ever kind of spat on a mic or the time that they saw Mary J Blige at a show or you know um, identifying with outcast because they just look so, you know, so young and yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been an amazing experience and I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing that experience by hopefully fingers crossed having the work travel up and down the country, um, overseas. So that's the next, that's the next mission to get the work traveling as well. I want to keep having these conversations with other people in other places. Yeah, nice, no, certainly. Um, I can imagine it being, well, we're having it here. It's extremely valuable um, to me personally. And I can imagine it, uh, you know, traveling through the country and, you know, across the world as well. And the, the, the through line that I've kind of uh, been gaining in my head over the past, I guess, month or so is that, like, is just so many, there's a lot of connections everywhere. And an easy, uh, it's it, for most people. It's just about starting to find that, uh, starting to find that that genesis point. And you know, for a lot, for for me, for a lot of things that I've learned over the past, let's say, ten years, has been through hip hop. And I'm sure for you as well, there's been a lot of things that ha you've learned through hip hop, through Definitely. either lyrics or just or you know. Even off, or even just before we came on wax, uh, you were talking about a a, a, a Twitch DJ set, <laughs> and and you know the amount of knowledge that DJs gain over time in terms of just music history is astronomical that I can't even imagine uh, dipping in dipping a toe into. Sometimes it's crazy how people even get samples sometimes and just mm. where it comes from. It's crazy it's, and all the connections through that. And that's why I, you know, believe photography has an important place in that because of the connections of seeing a visual image and 
and when it's used for, you know, for a magazine and, you know, people going through archives of magazines or newspapers, et cetera, et cetera, and gaining research through that and archiving in general mm. um, is completely fascinating to me personally. But, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long we've been talking, uh, but I'll probably uh, do you a favor and, uh, and uh, cut it off there. Uh, last two questions I always ask everybody. Uh, first one being, uh, what have you been consuming? What have you been consuming? Um, whether it be photography or TV, music, uh, film, any type of art that you've been consuming that you recommend to the people? Um, let me think. Hip hop specific, I would recommend the new Tupac documentary, Dear Mama. Yeah, uh, I want to spend I've that, yeah. never been a Tupac fan. Uh, I, okay. I say this in public with my name being attached okay. to this. Um, I'm not like, going to make that the title of the episode. But... <laughs> full, full disclosure to anybody listening to this, there was a point in time where in the UK, if you mentioned Tupac's name in any dance, in any show, he would get systematically booed. Wow. And, and really? To a man, woman and child, right? Oh. Um, and, that's, and that changed over time, um, you know, after his unfortunate demise and wow passing. but i think that okay. why i'm re- recommending the the documentary is because it gave me a much better understanding of who he was as a person and his um you know his way of thinking and understanding the world and on top of that like you also get the, the juxtaposition um of his mother's life as well um, as a kind of a direct reflection within the documentary. It's the best probably hero documentary I've seen maybe ever because it just gave me so much information that, that just, you know, really gave me a, a, you know, a lot more understanding, grounded understanding and respect for him yeah. as an individual. Forget about as an artist, for him as an individual and definitely for his mother as well. Um, so there's that. Um, Music-wise, Billy Woods. Oh, okay. Billy Woods' album, um, which the name of which... Yeah, with uh, Kenny Siegel, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And for me, Blue Smoke is my jam right now. Blue Smoke. It's... I love the... the I don't know where... I, I'm trying, still trying to find where he got the music from for that for that track. It's it's not even two minutes long, but it's, a, it's jazz. It's like... Um, it's a bass being played with like drums. So it's very, very jazz. It's fast. And he just basically just, it's not even really emceeing per se. It's almost like poetry rather than rap. I love it. Blue Smoke is my jam right now. Um, what else? What else? What am I consuming film wise? Um, oh, well, I do need to see Oppenheimer. I really want to see Oppenheimer because I'm a, I'm a big Chris, Christopher Nolan fan. Um, just heard that, June 2 has been put back until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else? TV-wise, TV-wise. Um, I'd say for anybody who hasn't watched Severance, go find Severance. Ben Stiller production and uh, directed. It is one of the most brilliantly written shows I've seen in some time. And The Bear. 
Mm. The bear is amazing. It is amazing. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Outstanding. Uh, my boy Ryan, who you uh, who you met uh, when we went to exhibition, um, is definitely screaming into uh, whatever device he's listening to. Because uh, yeah, so, so he's he's trying to see Oppenheimer for like the third time. He wants to see it in IMAX. He's badgering about that. Uh, he's a big art rap uh, art rap guy. Um, so yeah, Billy Woods is yeah definitely screaming at him, and uh, uh, a couple of us have been. Uh, linking over the bear as well so yeah that's a some some good wrecks uh definitely for that i need to do i do need spin severance i think it's on apple um Dude, it's probably it's probably, what, it's probably why i haven't but yeah seriously that first episode had me completely intrigued by the second mm. episode by the, by five minutes into the second episode i was like yeah that's it i mean i am so in genius 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 okay all right i'll tell you i'll put that on the list uh and uh last question um is, as always is uh what is your top five i always preface this with that it's your top five it could be whatever you want it to be it doesn't have to be about anything we have talked about during this episode it could be about top five passive shapes if you want it to be as broad or as specific as you want it so with that said t-max what's your top five Jesus, that's 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 not broad. That's like universal. How the hell are you supposed to take to pick a top five out of that? It could, it Anything could be, off the top of my head. Anything off the top be, of my head. Yeah, it could be. It could be. It's your top five. It could be okay, as okay, broad okay. or as specific you like, as random right, as you right, like. Okay. Oh no, no, it's fine. That's up. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Cook away. <laughs> top five people in my life. Love it. Um, spoke to her today. My friend Camilla, an amazing photographer. Um, based out in in Copenhagen, um, my friend Hannah, better known to 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 me as Dee Dee. Um, I'm going to be missing people, and people are going to be really upset. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Actually, maybe <laughs> I'll myself into a I was huge, gonna, I was gonna say that. <laughs> huge, huge, huge hole. Maybe what I need to do is I need to ask you politely. Just to just give me the ladder so I can climb out of this hole, <laughs> and I'll pick something else. Um, I'll cut that. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, please leave it in. Leave it in. Okay. Leave all right. In. Cool. I, all I, right. I show the commitment, but then show like the complete lack of commitment right. whilst, after thinking about it for fifteen seconds. Top five. Top five. <laughs> Pasta, pasta shapes is right there. Pasta shapes, yeah. I'm really, I'm leaning into it. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, I've always used that as a basic example. No, no, but, it's a really good one. It's yeah, a really good one because you're looking but, at pasta shapes. Oh, but, no, but, yeah, so, but someone, but five, someone actually five. picked it. Someone yeah. actually picked it a few yeah. episodes ago. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Perfect. Let's keep it exhibition based. Top five right. photographs from the exhibition. There you go. Okay. Whew. Okay. Um, um, so compositionally, it's. Keith right. Murray. Uh, yeah, it's crispy. The Brat. Mm-hmm. I love that Brat shot. Um, Nas, because if you, or when you see, when you see the image of Nas that I shot, that is literally the person I shot that day. So I'm very proud of that photograph because it, it literally encompasses everything that I, I saw and heard in him that day. Very introspective very thoughtful, 
Um, and the image definitely kind of represents that. Um, I have a photograph that you haven't seen of Charlie Baltimore, who was one of Notorious B.I.G.'s girlfriends back in the day. Female MC, um, unfortunately didn't last very long um, in terms of her music career. She's still actually around and doing stuff, but I have a photograph of her that I took in Park Lane. Um, that's my fa my phone. In fact, I can show you. You can see it. Yeah. They can't see it. <laughs> okay. All right. Can I describe it? You can see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of so she's like you know looking at she's it's 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 the back towards the camera. She's kind of like got this side shot going on, looking to her left. Uh, tattoo on the back, high waisted red jeans kind of thing, black t shirt going on. Uh, well, crop top I guess going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's fire. That's clean. Yeah. I like the yeah the backdrop, the reds. Yeah, it's great. It's a dope shot. Um, yeah, it's dope. And then notorious big because apart from the fact that it's a it's a really good shot, um, it's the fact that me and a bunch of photographers and journalists got to spend the afternoon with him and Little C's, and Big was a really the coolest guy. He was the coolest guy, really honest, really upfront, uh, genuine. Um, yeah, like it was a privilege to sit down with him that day. And we were looking forward, a lot of us were looking forward to him coming back to promote his second album. And the day or the weekend he was supposed to come back to the UK, he decided to go to a fight instead and was unfortunately murdered. So that uh, hit a lot of us very, very hard that day. But um, yeah, that Notorious B.I.G. shot has, has a lot of meaning. Uh, and I feel honestly feel privileged to have been able to take that shot, to sit down with him, to talk with him and experience him as an individual. Yeah, it's a real privilege. So you're supposed to come. So you're supposed to come here instead of the fight. Yeah. You're supposed to have been in the UK promoting his album. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh. was, that was a tough day. Uh, yeah, what a parallel a universe. Topic. What a parallel yeah. universe fork that is. Yeah. That's outstanding. But yeah, outstanding top five. Um, yeah, T Max, man. This has been enlightening. Um, just is, <laughs> uh, more than I expected. Uh, learned a hell of a lot. And yeah, man, just a really worthy conversation. Uh, hopefully for you as well. And yeah, man, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, listen. I appreciate you, man. Um, it was great meeting you guys at the exhibition the other day. So, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, these things kind of need to be done as far as I'm concerned. It's all about connection. So, yeah, I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me walk out of that first top five. I was, I was crashing and burning hard. That was so horrible. My God. I'm just thinking about the amount of people that would have murdered me. <laughs> but, yes, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blessings, brother. <laughs> so there we have it ladies and gentlemen that's my interview with mr t max once again the ascension years happening at the bca windrush square in brixton 
London, for those that don't know where Brixton is, um, is going on till the 10th of September. Um, there's actually a talk um, he is participating in on the 1st of September, Friday. Um, I think there are some uh, train strikes going on uh, at that day. So uh, if you're in the UK, um, if you're near London, near the London area, uh, you know, plan accordingly. Um, but yeah, that's happening as well on the 1st of September. And the exhibition has, like you said in the episode, has been extended from the 3rd till the 10th of September. So please, I implore you to just go hit it up. Um, he will most likely be there and you'll be able to have <laughs> a very uh, fascinating conversation um, like I did here and like I did at the exhibition itself. Um, so you can you can get your fill as well. Um, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we'll finish there. On the 5 VPN, I've been Charlie Taylor. This has been what's good. Intro music was backstop by Bart Berrigan. Interlude music was Thoughts by Coopla. Thanks to Chill Music for being to you. Find all the links in the full show notes. And with that said, until next time, until next interview, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.